Every church planting context is unique. Every story is unique. Uh, but I think we all think that our, our city's probably the hardest. But if we started really throwing out stats, we would know that Seattle is a difficult area sure. to plant a church. Talk to us about some of the things that make planting in Seattle unique to other mm. contexts. Family, multiplication, restoration. I'm Dahadi Lewis. Join me, Noah Odom and Hayden Radner, as we come to you from Atlanta, St. Louis, and Las Vegas, as we seek to add value to your church planning journey. We'll have real-time, authentic conversations that are relevant to the life of the church planner and pastor. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. Hey, welcome everybody to another episode of the We Are Send Network podcast. My name is Noah Oldham, lead pastor of August Gate in St. Louis, joined as always by Dahadi Lewis, lead pastor of Blueprint in Atlanta, and Hayden Ratner, senior pastor of Walk Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. We are here at SBC 2021 in Nashville, Tennessee, and we are being able to connect with all kinds of leaders across North America. And today we have special guest Jonah Easley, pastor of Awakening Church on, Jonah. in the Seattle, go. Washington it, area. Man. man, great to have you here. You enjoying your time so far in Nashville this Absolutely. week? Absolutely, yeah, always great to come to the convention. Yeah, man, it's Me good too. to see you. I've heard many words, but you know, when you say always great <laughs> always to great. come, this, hey, <laughs> yeah, I love listen, that. That's I've been it. coming to the convention my whole life. So okay. this is like a family reunion. It's when I see my people, so. It is always great. I love, I love the... Uh, I'm ready, bro. Yes. I'm here. All right, let's do it. So, Jonah, every church planting context is unique. Every story is unique. Uh, but I think we all think that our, our city's probably the hardest. But if we started really throwing out stats, we would know that Seattle is a difficult area sure. to plant a church. Talk to us about some of the things that make planting in Seattle unique to other mm. contexts. Yeah, I don't know if it's totally unique, but a couple things that come to my mind when I think about the challenges of church planting in Seattle are the apathy that I run into constantly. And I think that's very closely related to the affluence in our area. Mm. It's so expensive to live in our city. Uh, the diversity is great, but the, the affluence is even greater. Mm. And man, those things are so tied together you, you just encounter relationships and, and people in your world, and they just don't care. Wow. They don't want what you're selling. Mm. And that's why the relational model of ministry that we do there is so key. That's something that I've found works everywhere in the world. It's not come to my program, it's me getting into your life yeah. and actually engaging you and loving you through whatever season that you're in. Uh, but those two things always come to the top for me when I think about our context. But it is a difficult place. You know, a lot of, uh, we have our stereotypes of rain constantly and a lot of granola being consumed uh, <laughs> and the Prius driving. But in uh, all those things, we're a diverse city. In my city, I'm just on the east side of Seattle in Bellevue. And in Bellevue, over 50% of our population was born outside of America. Wow over a hundred major languages spoken on our streets. How about it? I walk into a restaurant and we're the only English speakers in the restaurant. There's so many different things happening all around us. Really? It's phenomenal. I can walk into a place and I can feel like I'm in a different country. Yeah. Uh, but that's just our city in so many ways. But that's why I believe the primary w reason why God brought us there. Mm -hmm. uh, he, God gave me a heart for the nations. My family served overseas for about five years. And through that, uh, there's a long story there. We can get into that later if you yeah. want, but uh, God just gave me the heart for the nations. So when I saw the, the temperature of Seattle, what was going on there? God just began to 
draw me like a magnet. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah every planter's story is unique, but I got to hear yours a couple days ago. We sat down and had dinner. Nice. You shared it with me. And what I was blown away with is it's so clear to see how God has orchestrated just all the seasons of your life to bring you where you are now. I think one of the most encouraging things for potential planters and new planters to hear is a story like that, how God uses all these circumstances to get you exactly where he wants you. And often difficulty feels like, is this a roadblock? Am I doing the wrong thing? Would you share just a little bit about your story and how some of those difficulties and what even felt like maybe roadblocks led you exactly where you are today? It's good, man. Yeah, I, I grew up in a pastor's home in the South. I'm from Texas. I lived in Georgia for many years. And God began to open my eyes to the nations. In the mid-2000s, I was on staff at First Baptist Atlanta, taking groups of students to China. Wow. And God just opened my heart to this whole new world. I, I escaped this bubble that I lived in, and God just began to break my heart for the people of China. And, and I actually ended up drawing us there. So we, we get to China, we're there a couple years, and after seven years of infertility, my wife gets pregnant. We're like, this is amazing, thank you God, this is an incredible blessing. Uh, we were overwhelmed after that long season of thinking ne we're never gonna have kids and had tried to come to peace with that. Uh, but had the baby, ended up having another baby uh, 15 months later. Wow. Uh, all while we're doing ministry and I had a coffee shop that I opened in China that was our, our, our cover for what we were doing ministry-wise, planting churches and just leading in, in some things like that, getting other people, disciples, ready to go and plant churches in, in China. So, and playing some basketball. Yeah, oh man, constantly playing some basketball in China. <laughs> love man, it. Love, love it, man. It. I had so much fun. Uh, you go to these outdoor courts, like 50 outdoor courts. Yeah. Thousands of people playing Incredible. ball. And you get one white guy out there. <laughs> Who's a little bit taller, too. Absolutely. Come on, man, and th yeah. they're just kind of swarming around that one court. I'm like, wow, this is kind of a lot of pressure, but man, it's such a great time. Love that. Yeah. Such a great time. So we, we get pregnant, but after a while, uh, we just begin to notice some developmental delays with my oldest son. Mm. Uh, had no clue what it was. And honestly, wow. we didn't have the resources to find out what it was mm. where we were. Yeah. So God used that, among other things, to bring us back to America. And within a month, he was diagnosed with autism. Uh, which felt like the weight of the world falling mm. on our shoulders. Wow. We had no clue what that even meant Man. and what that meant for our future. Um, yeah, it's, even, it's, it's hard to even think back to that moment. Uh, but we began this journey, that was eight years ago. We began this journey of special needs and walking that, that really, really difficult road, uh, feeling lonely most of the time in that. And then two years later, my daughter's diagnosed with autism as well. Wow. Another huge weight. We decided in that moment, you know, we can't, we can't even parent these kids that we have. We can't have any more kids. Mm. But the Lord had different plans. We ended up having one more kid. <laughs> and it was, it was not a moment of rejoicing when we found out it is now, of course. Um, but he was also diagnosed with autism. So we've got these three beautiful children. Sure. And honestly, I wouldn't change anything about my kids. Um, some people might not understand that, but I wouldn't change a thing about them. Come on. Uh, mom might, but not, not, I don't think I would. Uh, but God gave us these children as, as a gift. Yeah. 
And it's been this journey over these eight years of trying not to understand the why God would allow it. I don't know that he'll ever give me that answer, and I've come to a place of contentment in that. And that's actually what faith is. Mm-hmm. Good. When you have to see why, that's walking by sight. Mm-hmm. That doesn't take any faith. Mm-hmm. So the Lord has really strengthened our faith in that as we walk this journey together. Um, sure. Therapies and all, just a constant battle. So through all of that, I landed San Antonio, executive pastor of a church there, and it seems like a great season of ministry, but the Lord starts to shake me up inside, that, that restlessness that, yeah. that we all know too well. Totally. And I said, all right, Lord, he knows my yes is on the table. Uh, we just reaffirmed that, and the Lord, after about a year of that restlessness, put a pin in Seattle, Washington. We'd been through Seattle before. We didn't know a lot about the city. We knew what we saw we liked, but we just knew the touristy stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we went up and visited and began to really pray seriously about what that would look like. And all the the while carrying the load of of special needs, feeling like, God, if you don't do this, we can't do this. Can we talk a little bit about that? Because yeah, I, mean, I don't want to skip over a part sure. that you said. You said you came to a place of contentment. Yeah. Like that was so much packed into that statement. You, you talked. Lot. You said so much about the pain, mm. you know, of your story of just yeah. hearing it, and a lot of times not even having the ability to communicate. Right. You know that, and to have children that you love that you wouldn't change, but at the same time not being able to have a conversation to them about it. I have right. um, two of my nephews and one of my best friends who have children of autism, and so know kind of that some of that pain and that journey yeah. of just the, you know. The pain of that, how did you kind of go through that process of becoming contentment? Not just, I mean, I know you said you went to therapy and those things, but just like personally, I mean, how was that for you to kind of navigate emotionally through that kind of trauma? In the beginning, I felt like it was just, I got to put my head down and just go. Mm. I didn't know how, I didn't know how to process it really. Yeah. And I think it took four years mm-hmm. to work through this with God, with my wife, and just just come to this sense of peace about it. But it really, it was a four-year journey to get to that point. Yeah. And even after the journey of four years, it's not like everything's all perfect and great now. Yeah. We're still working through that and uh, on the journey to really know my feelings around it and those types of things. Uh, and my wife has her own story around that as well. It took her longer than it took me. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of that's probably due to who I am and who, and who the world's kind of made me into. Right. You know what I you mean? You know, because when you're talking about like a traumatic event, yeah. you know, there is, you know, both the your process and your wife's process that right. you individually have to go to. That's right. You know, and they say, I mean, you know, Praise the Lord, 70, I think 70 to 80% of marriages with child with autism don't make it. Yeah. Wow. You know, and 85 so, is what I heard. Is it 85? Yeah, man, I mean, I knew it was. Well, I mean, and we knew was, that going into yeah, it. Like, it, this yeah. is crazy. We got to pay attention to us. Right, you know? right. So uh, how has that process, I mean, in, in other different ways, our planters and pastors have dealt with trauma. Yeah. Tra- traumatizing things, and especially for us go-getters, those take the hill, charge the hill yeah. type people who try to c- be in control when sure. there's so many things that you can't control, especially like not being in control of what you value most, yeah. right. you know, and, and being totally having to deal with your own shame, you know, in that. Talk to me a little bit about kind of how you and your spouse, you and your wife kind of process together through that, through yeah. that journey, letting her 
kind of process, you process without you kind of, you know, pressing your process onto her and vice versa, or even if you did, how that, how you worked through that? Yeah, she, she's a lot wow. more vocal mm-hmm. than I am and expressive, as Dang. most of our wives may be. Uh, so I, in the beginning, I processed a lot internally. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know how to process that externally. I didn't even want to share this story with anybody. I think the fact that I'm sitting right here right now saying these things Come in on. a recorded environment is a pretty big step testimony. for our family, for yeah. the work that God's done in our heart. Good. Mm-hmm. We did feel shame around it. We felt wow. like, oh, here comes the Easley family, the, the, kid, the special needs family. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't want the label and all of those things. So sure. that took such a priority in our life in those early years of walking this journey that, yeah, for me to sit here and just walk through that. But yeah, walking the journey together with my wife, paying attention to us, I think is a big, a very big aspect of that. Knowing the statistics of that 80 plus percentage, those families ending in divorce, uh, understanding the calling on my life and and on my wife's life to to pursue him and all things, the yes has been on the table through all of this. Sure which can cause us to say, God, well, why would you even allow something like this to happen when, when we were serving on the mission field and you gave us this and it pulled us off of the mission field? Right. What are you talking about? Why would you do that? Yeah. But now sitting here these years later, man, I can, I can trace the hand of God through that. But I would just say it's very intentional on how we would yeah. walk through that together. And it, it's just been in the past couple of years, I've really learned how to express my feelings. What do you feel around that? Well, I know mm-hmm. my feelings now. Yeah. And I know how to communicate those. And I, I know how important it is to communicate my thoughts and my feelings, that being my voice. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've done a lot of work around that. Yeah, that's good. A lot of times in yeah. that, you know, I believe that true confession and the way I define confession is a willingness to tell the truth about what's going on inside of yeah, you. Wow. And that, that confession leads you to repentance, mm, right? Good. It's because you recognize and you embrace your humanity. You embrace yeah. like these, you know, kind of where you are and you're able to take that to God in, mm. with, you know, a posture of humility, you know, and a posture of sobriety yeah. in a lot of ways. And so I think it really is interesting, you know, to, to see that. And I think that's one of the things because, you know, as church planners, um, we put more pressure on ourselves right. than others. And then when yeah. you add on other dynamics to that, the things that are not in control, it yeah. just becomes, it is that that humbling process. How how have you managed that? You know, oftentimes we talk about like not laying our family on the altar of our own kind of yeah. desires. Yeah. How have you balanced that tension or maintained that tension of not allowing church planning to solely be a place where I'm just escaping you know, but yeah. it's like understanding that you're managing these worlds that are both very stressful, yeah. you know, in a lot of ways. Man, that is so hard. And mm. you just called it out. You said that church planting can't be the escape. And honestly, at times it has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to, to set the, the healthy boundaries in my life, prioritizing my family above all things, that's been a big part of it. Nice. You got to set the boundaries. And the boundary is not to keep other people out. It's to protect you. Yeah. Keep uh, you in the game. Yeah, keep you in the game. Even protect you from yourself at yeah. times. Yep. Because the, the, you talk about the pressures that you put on yourself. Oh, right. man, I'm king of that. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a lot of partners that have expectations of me that I've got to fulfill. Mainly it's me. Mm-hmm. And, and the drive within me. I call, I call it a sprinter trying to learn to run a marathon. Because I'm a sprinter, man. I like mm-hmm. to go. I like to, let's build this thing. Let's get this thing done. And the Lord over the past couple of years has been just trying to slow the reins down and say, hey, 
you can slow down. And yeah. I heard my man Josh Carter a few weeks ago on the podcast say, hey, slow down. And that's coming yeah. from a guy that just left the field. So, so good. shout out to Josh, man. Yeah. That, that really spoke to my heart. Love that. I wrote it on my whiteboard. And I texted it to him. I said, Josh, thank you for that. Yeah. So good. I need to just slow down, man. Mm. And some of those are those realistic expectations of my city, of what God has given me on my plate, not be not being resentful about that, but just accepting and seeing what the Lord has given me and walking in it. Because he's got a purpose in it. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. confident he's got a purpose in it. And he's yeah. allowed me to see glimpses every once in a while, but most of the time, I don't know. I don't know what those purposes are today. Yeah. But, but I heard a lot That's of those good, purposes when you're telling your story about yeah. the context and the kind of ministry your church is doing and the people that your church is doing ministry. Tell us a little about your church that makes all the story come full circle, yeah. especially connected to your ministry in China beforehand. Yeah, that's great. Well, the, like I said, the diversity of Seattle drew me to our city. Yeah. And I began to experience that, live that out. And we've started a Chinese ministry. And we're, we're able wow. to, to do, like half of our church almost is Chinese, even that's though awesome. they're, they're on the margins in a lot of ways. They don't know what it looks like to be a part of the body. Can you speak it a little bit? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so so we we have like the, the past two baptisms that we've had are all in Chinese. The people that are getting baptized That's don't so even speak hard. English. Wow, My sermons translated into Chinese every week. So we've got some really intentional open doors that God has, has laid out for us in our city to continue that. I mean, I never dreamed walking the streets of China, doing our deal there, that God was preparing me for something right here. Mm. Yeah. in a place where my kids can get their needs met and I can, I can be in the nations, right in my own city. Mm. Wow. Gosh. Yeah, it kind of sounds like Awakened Church. Kind of sounds like that yeah. you're doing that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That I love that name, you know, when I think about the, the calling that you, you're walking in, what you're carrying into Seattle is, is pain and awakening through that, you know? That's just, that's just so good. Um, how'd, you, how'd you land on that name? What, what, was, what were some of the things that God was doing in your heart? Yeah, to, to my desire to my desire was for our city to be awakened to who Jesus is, yeah. man. And I, that name just stood out to me and I said, that's it. It didn't take me long to land on it. Mm -hmm. uh, do, you, yeah. do you still get a chance to use the sport, to use basketball as like a domain to engage your community? Not as much Not as right much, now. Yeah. Uh, th there have been some, some opportunities for that. Every time I go overseas, I get to use it. Yeah. But here in America, I don't get to use it as much. And when I start playing, man, I'm, yeah. I'm 39, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and my body's telling me like, what are you doing to me right now? So, you know, uh, trying to stay fit though, you know, yeah. but, but it's harder when you get older. How do you, I, a, lot of, a lot of my friends that are planting in the Pacific Northwest talk about the rain, you know, and just the, the gloom, kind of like just the darkness yeah. that sometimes just creates a vibe a spirit of depression, a spirit of just, I don't really, like you said, the apathy. Yeah. How are you pressing through that? How are you navigating, discipling through that? Yeah. That's, That's your culture, you know what I'm saying? It's it contextual, is. not everybody yeah. will understand that context. Right. October to March, it's brutal. It's brutal. I mean, it's raining all the time. It's getting dark like at 4.15, like pitch black dark for wow. the night wow. at the shortest day of the year. Wow. Really? Yeah, man, it's, it's hard on the family especially. Mm. Uh, so you do get into that and you have to really work hard to find places to engage people in right. the community because everybody's shutting it down, man. I'm, I'm ready to go to bed at 4.30, okay, good night. Wow. Uh, yeah. So you don't have those after work opportunities anymore and the, it's a struggle with the kids obviously, but so you got the low lows, but then 
from March to October, it's amazing. It's a prime season. Yeah, everybody wants to be there. So you get the low lows and you get the high highs. Got it. Like yesterday, I'm walking around right here in Nashville, 95 degrees. Mm -hmm. I look on the app on, on my, my home city, 63 and sunny. Oh, I'm like, man. why did I come here? I'm here for you guys right now. All right, <laughs> this right. is for you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so you got to learn to do those things, though. The, okay. the vitamin D is a real deal. I mean, you need that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good word. John, before we close it down, one of the things we often like to do is have planters who've been in it for a few years to speak maybe to themselves at the beginning or those guys who are just getting started. Yeah. So to those who are just stepping out, maybe those church planting couples that are walking through a hard season right. to get them to where God wants them to plant, what would you say? Good. I think the most important thing that I would say at this season is to take care of you. You mm. gotta take care of you. You're called to love other people as you love yourself. If you're not loving yourself, this is something I struggled with for a long time, always pouring out, always pouring out, never being poured into. Good. And to, to actually look at myself and to get myself in a healthy place has, I can't, I can't even put into words how much difference that's made and who I am mm. and what God's called me to do. Mm -hmm. It's freed me up in so many ways. So looking under the hood, paying attention to it. I meet, with, I meet with a, a counselor once a week. I've been part of this ministry, I guess about a year and a half now called Tin Man, uh, really working around the eight feelings and working through all of these things, really trying to become that little boy me that I had to kill mm. to be accepted into this world. Mm. Wow. So I've been on this journey going through this journey, man, really to discover that, that, that little boy again. And what is he feeling? What is he thinking? Not just who does the world want me to be? Because I, I had to do that as a survival mode when I was a kid, and most people do. Mm -hmm. It's great. Yeah. Man. Powerful. It's good. Powerful. Jonah, thanks for joining us, man. It's been a blessing to have you and get to know you even better this week. Yeah, Can't wait for the guys. future to do that as well. And thanks, everybody, for joining us for so another good, episode yeah. of the podcast. As always, subscribe, share this with your friends on social media. We want to continue to level up our network to see churches planted everywhere for everyone. Healthy, multiplying churches. You want to know more about church planting with the Send Network? You can check out the website, sendnetwork.com. We can text the words Send Network to 888 one, two, three. We'll get back with you with all the information you need to take your next step. Hey, until next time, we are Send Network. You have been listening to We Are Send Network, a resource of the North American Mission Movement. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.